Thank you for tuning into the Michael Crane.live podcast. He is an entrepreneur and mentor with over 20 years of experience as a property investor, stock market trader, and office supplies industry expert. On his podcast, he invites fellow entrepreneurs and business owners to share their journey in business so you can learn and take inspiration for your own business and also motivate the next batch of entrepreneurs starting out on their business journey. And on today's podcast, we have Finn Brewster Doherty, originally from Camden, and it's where he grew up. After he moved to Brighton to attend school to study economics, politics, and psychology, he always wanted to come back to his hometown. He had fond memories of his first visit to the stables the many open-air markets, the canal, the London Zoo, and just like me, eating a bag of chips from the Camden Brasserie. I first met Finn as me and my mate strolled along Camden High Street one Saturday afternoon, and we came across a man in broad daylight spraying paint on a shop shutter. I thought this was a graffiti artist messing up someone's steel shutter until Finn approached us and started speaking to us about Camden Open Air Gallery and his plans of the future for Camden and his passion of turning his hometown that he loved so much into a vibrant place where people can see art visually and how the area needs to have a spark that he wanted to create. The reason I asked Finn to come on the podcast today is because he is an entrepreneur, an innovator and creator, in my opinion. However, Finn tells me he's never been creative in a traditional sense. He can't draw. He finds making stuff tedious, but his creativity lies in his ability to think out of the box. It turns out he is newly diverse, which has always meant that he has had to find his own way to learn. Wow. What a story. Have you got anything else to add, Finn? Morning, Michael. Thanks for having me on the podcast. That was great. Nah, you've smashed it. Um, yeah, I'm a 22-year-old kid. I'm just trying to, you know, just trying to make my mark on my hometown, you know, introduce myself. I've always loved the place. And, um, yeah, start here and let's see where it goes. So what made you think of the idea in the first place? Camden Open Art Gallery, Finn? So I've always, like since I moved back in 2019, I've always wanted to get to know the high street, work out a way, because I think Camden's got a lot of potential in that area. There's so much on offer, but often it's quite miss, it's missed because of the, the tourists or whatever's going on. So I had to find a way to act as like a link between all of the different entities in Camden. And it was a, it was a simple thing. I was literally, I was on Instagram one evening 
and I'd seen someone painting a piece of art on a shutter and it just came to me like, that's it. Paint the shutters. How many shutters are there? There's on the high street that I can get 22 um, in, in, a, in, a, in the, from the station to the market. There's lots more around uh, down onto Chalk Farm Road. There's probably about another 15 or so. Um, Do you know how big your target audience is? How many people visit Camden each weekend? Oh, well, at the moment, it's about 50 to 60% of normal times. But on a normal day, it's around 40,000 a day. So how does Camden generally attract the visitors? So Camden, Camden's this, uh, it's, it's a mistress of reinvention. It's kept reinventing itself throughout, uh, from the 70s all the way through. At the moment, it's got that tourist appeal. That's how it gets the footfall. Everyone comes to Camden to see the punks. You know, it's got this such rich history starting out as a Docklands and coming through. And that's what people want to see. They want to come to the market. It's got good Instagram value, as I call it. You know, people like to take photos. Um, and that's how Camden attracts people. And is it known globally around the world? And how do would... people see Camden from around the world? From around the world, I think it's got a misconceived image. I think everyone thinks of it as like the punk rock place, you know. Amy Winehouse is definitely associated with people. Like I've spoken to a lot of people. It's like, oh, yeah, Amy Winehouse. It's got a few key bits. So like the punks, tourists, Amy Winehouse, I'd probably say are the three big factors that people think about Camden. And they've got the roundhouse as well, right? And the roundhouse, yeah. And the roundhouse. I mean, the live music kind of plays into the punk rock thing. It's definitely a, a location for live music. There's so many venues around. And what about the canals? How far do the canal stretch and what does that bring to Camden? Well, originally it was a hub for trade. Um, you know, the canals, the canals bring a steady stream of, uh, I think, during lockdown, what I've noticed is a lot of Londoners are starting to walk back up to Camden Town. You've got, with the new development in King's Cross, you've got that canal walk up to Camden. Um, again, it brings tourists. It, it brings the people on like a daily stroll, I think, to Camden. But it also links King's Cross and down into Maida Vale. So you have that link way between those two main London locations. So do you actually live in Camden yourself? Yes, I live on the high street. And how has Camden changed since the lockdown? I mean, this is the I speaking to people in Camden, I've never seen Camden like this. In the first lockdown, you know, I could come out onto the the high street, there'd not be a single soul on that street. And coming from, you know, walking out on a Sunday to just rammed, it's you know, it's it's never been seen. Camden has changed so much. Um, and I think what's gonna happen is after is where it's really gonna change. Because of, you know, as we start opening up and we might have no restrictions, but the restrictions on the in international tourism are still going to be in place. You know, we're not going to have people traveling. This, the high street is going to have to change to survive. Do you think a lot of shops won't come back after the lockdown has ended? I think they will try and reinvent. Some will be successful, some won't. Um, I think the days of the tourist trader might be numbered unless they can find a way to... Yeah, appeal to a domestic tourist. When you say the shop owners will try to reinvent, what do you mean? So speaking with a few of them whilst I've been doing this, they're, they're looking at different ways of, you know, keeping the essence of Camden, but also, um, you know, making a living. So one who lives opposite me, he's trying to turn his shop into an off-licence. 
but uh, one tailored towards tourists. I don't quite know how that's going to come to fruition, but that's one. Um, they're focusing like the building, like straight underneath me where I live. Uh, he's switched to shoes. So he's going to try and sell Doc Martens, something inherently Camden, but also has a bit more of appeal to, you know, a Londoner. So do you think these innovative ideas are going to spark the uh, shops back to life once lockdown opens up truly? Or what do you see for Camden? In the current form, I, I think, I don't think so, is the, the short answer to that question. Um, there's quite a few stubborn people on the high street in the nicest way. You know, they know what works. They want to keep it going. They're just going to try and... Um, survive until it comes back um but i do think that you know camden town has lost what it is at the minute it's it's not done anything new um and the shops themselves are part of the reason for that they've got they are so complicit in what they do they just do the same thing each day and each they've never actually had to be innovative so it will be it will be interesting to see so predominantly are there more eateries than gift shops on Camden High Street? No, so on the high street, I would say there's more gift shops, but then in the market, I would say there's more eateries. So the biggest challenges so far for you in opening up the Camden Open Air Art Gallery, what have they been? First, the, getting the first shutter was the toughest one. You know, um, I'm a 22-year-old kid and I rock up to a shop owner or a landlord, a landlord and uh, say, oh, I want to paint your shutter. I want to put some art on it. Um, they didn't quite get it. One gave me a shot and the rest is history. Working out the business side of this has been quite, a, it's, it's quite a complex thing to actually monetize. Um, you know, finding that point where I need to, where, where I launch what, what I'm planning to do to monetize. Um, because something like this you need to make a name for yourself or you need to develop your what you offer you need a following you need a platform from which to sell stuff um and i don't have that yet so that's what i'm building um they're the two main tricky bits is finding that point and the first shutter uh the legalities of it that's a little bit tricky planning permission dean consent like in terms of advertising that took a good good bit of research but um yeah, they're the main ones. So what are your thoughts on monetizing your open-air gallery? So monetizing, I've got to be very careful because I don't want to become, come across as disingenuous and just after money. Um, there's, there's a few ways to monetize. Um, obviously, you've got the sale of the artwork. You can do prints. They're going to be limited runs. But in order to, in order to be able to sell that, um, I have to build this platform first. I've tried running a few competitions to test the water. So like if you find a stick around Camden and DM us, you'll get a free print and no one has got back to me. So I need to, what I'm, what I'm working out in terms of monetizing is when, it, when am I ready to say, okay, prints are available where I don't have to store 10,000 prints in my flat. And the, or I can, and only a hundred people buy it. I want to store all the prints and people like buy maybe a thousand a month so that I can start getting them out. And that's how you plan to monetize your, in, your creation. Initially, initially. So 
Um, there's two aspects to the open air gallery. The open air gallery is to showcase and to build uh, build a platform for young artists, but also it introduces me to the high street and it lets me act as a link between all the players in Camden. So it lets me link between the high street, you know, the council, um, the bars and venues to achieve a common goal. And I want that common goal to be get Londoners back to, to, to Camden. I want to make Camden cool again. And in doing so, I can monetize other ways. So if there's an event, Camden Open Air Gallery comes on board, you know, we do the marketing or something like that, or we do the designs, we get local artists and you start getting other revenue streams that way. And when did you start your gallery? I start, I think the first one went up in mid-Feb. And how many uh, have you got right now? Uh, we've got the 16th one being done today. And there's 22 shops on the high street? Yeah. So it's pretty much all of them. So what other challenges have you had since uh, launching? Well, uh, do you know what? It's gone too swimmingly. Uh, I'm waiting for something to, <laughs> to go wrong. I am. Um, Does that not mean it's just a great idea, as I it think? Could, it could be. It could be. It could be. Um, the, the challenges are is navigating the high street. It's a very it's a very peculiar world with, you know, you've got freeholders, you've got landlords, and then you've got people and leaseholders, and they all kind of work in a weird intermix. And negotiating that is going to be a big challenge when the money starts coming in. At the moment, I've got them on my side, they're well and down. But as soon as they see one maybe making more, uh, because the money they get is generated off their own piece of artwork. Oh, how so, does that work? So each artwork that's on the building, uh, there's a revenue share between me, the artist, and the building owner or leaseholder, um, because that's fair. Um, so once that starts happening, um, we cover the cost. And then the artist will get 50% because I'm not actually paying the artist. That's my way of paying the artist. And then the rest is split between me and the building owner, uh, 35% and 15%. So once, once we start saying, say one piece of art is more popular and he sees his mate getting £1,500 a month, but he's only getting £1,000 a month, he might start asking questions like, why, why is he getting more? Um, I can see that being a bit of a tricky one to negotiate. What is the inspiration for the artwork on the shutters? So this buzzword that we've been playing around with is community. It's something we've lost in, you know, when I chat with my, my granddad, you know, he's got a community around him. He's got his mates he goes to the pub with, they, they, they help each other out. They, they work together and they've always been like that. You know, he's always helped me or my mum or my dad in any way that he can, um, regardless of what it is, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There's always been this community sense. And I think it's something that my generation specifically have lost. We don't work together. Everyone's out for themselves. <coughs> um, and I want to bring that back. So the theme is community, but it is whatever it means to the artist. Um, my USP to the artist is that they are showcasing their works. So they have artistic license. What, what's inspired your artists right now? What sort of art is on the shutters? We've got a mix. So it's a graffiti and street art mix. There's they're two different types. They're often seen in the same thing. The graffiti is like the tagging um, that people do. And this is how I've stopped the work from getting tagged. 
Um, I've got a few names up on the, the high street that in the graffiti world, you don't go over. And that stops all my work from getting tagged by other artists. And then you've got the street artists. For the graffiti artists, the inspiration is, it's an honour for them. They are local boys. To have a piece up right in the heart of their, in their hometown, it's an honour. They see it as an absolute honour. And then for the street artists, it's the exposure. You know, it is Camden High Street. That's their inspiration. And, you know, they, they, they do get people looking at their artwork, taking pictures in front of it. We just had a nail company do a full range of nails. So define the word graffiti, because graffiti is one of those words that you either love it or you hate it. And when I say uh, that, I mean, when you see a train going past and there's a load of graffiti on the train, what's your view of graffiti in terms of the positives and negatives of how people perceive? I'm a complete outsider to this graffiti world. I had no idea. I've, I've taken a step into it and it's opened my eyes. It's so mis, misunderstood. Graffiti is essentially the, uh, the original notice board. It was, I was here. And it's a way of communicating with your mates that this guy was here. That's, that's how I see it, basically. Um, it's given so many people such an outlet. Obviously, there's illegalities to it and often it doesn't look nice. But if you give them a space like I have, they can produce some amazing work um, and there's not enough legal spaces for them to do it. Yeah, I think on the day I met you, uh, Finn, uh, I saw another three artists with their spray paints spraying on a wall locally to Camden. And after our conversation, it really made me think, how bad is graffiti or should there be more space for it? So what's the difference between... <laughs> A street artist and a graffiti artist. I this is this. There's a fine line. It's a good question. I've been trying to work it out. Um, the graffiti artists tend to tend to focus on more. Like if you want to look at it in a visual way, it's more a lot more letters uh, rather than a you know an image. So that's kind of the, the the dividing thing. But the graffiti is a community. You've got your crews. And then the street artists are kind of like highbrow artists. Some of them are very highbrow. Um, they do their, you know, artistic thing. They've got their style. So they might do, you know, like a good example of someone who might bridge the gap. And you can see what I mean is a guy called Ben Ein. Ben Ein. Ben Ein. Um, he basically does letters, but in a street art style. And it's like really colorful quite neat and clear but it's it's gone mental for him he's that's his full-time job it's a career now it's one of the biggest names in the game so when you're watching one of your artists paint a still shutter and a tourist walks by and you approach them similar to what you did to myself and my friend what's the what's the opinion what's the conversation you're having with these people most people love it. You know, it's something different. It's, it was repurposed in the high street. It's, and it, it's, it's something different to their, their, their day. And they've not seen it before. Um, it's, uh, yeah, most people think it's good. I have had quite a few people say, you know, oh, it's just graffiti to me. Um, it tends to be the older generation. But I, I, I think once I get the whole street done and when I light it up, that might change their opinions. 
And, and, and the same question, when you started approaching the landlords and the lease home owners and the owners of the shop, and like you say, a young guy asking for their shutter on their business premises to be painted, what was their approach? Uh, a lot of them just didn't even... The businesses on Camden, they're not like your, your Nikes or your, your, your normal high street retailers. You can't just find a point of contact. There's no website. They are street traders. So I think that kind of played into my, my, um, played into my hand because they were in the actual shops. So I could go in and show them. The way I swung it with them is bring back footfall to the high street. They need that. Generate a bit of extra cash um, and stop the tagging of their shutters. Quite a lot of them have holes in it and they've got stuff behind the shutters. So they get stock ruined or glass that they have to clean purely because people just tag it. Um, so that was how I tried to swing it. Most of them told me no, but one guy uh, called Ahmed gave me a shot. And from there, we got the rest. So once one person said yes, yeah. people previously that said no said, yeah. I like that. Let's I think it's the visualisation, you know, seeing the artwork for themselves. And, that, and now it's kind of com a competition of who's got the coolest shutter. And that sounds like great competition between street traders to bring people back to Camden High Street. Right there, Finn, we are going to take a short break. But when we come back, we're going to be talking about what was your approach when you had to ask the local council about permissions to do the open air Camden Gallery. We will be back. Hear more and see more from Finn. Brewster Doherty, the founder and creator of the Camden Open Air Gallery. You can support the local street artists and buy their creations. Just log on to www.camdenopenairgallery.com. And now we're coming back to part two of our podcast today. I have with me Finn Brewster Doherty. And we're going to ask Finn now, what did the council say when you approached them with your idea? Um, initially, as you can imagine, it was a big resounding no. It's, you know, the process dealing, especially with a borough as large as Camden, it's a slow process. Going through planning, getting consent, all of that is very tricky. And you need to be able to show exactly what you are doing. I wasn't able to do that. So I'll be honest, I just went for it. Firstly, um, they changed the change of use applications in Camden. You no longer have to apply on Camden High Street. So when we did get told, I just said the shop was an art gallery and you can get away with it from Dean consent. That's my way around. Um, but now we are talking to the council and they, they, now that they can see it, uh, they, they understand what I'm doing. There's been a lot of backwards and forwards, a lot of questions. And what we want to do is try and get the hoardings around Camden. There's a few developments going on. This is where I'm waiting for planning permission because I need planning permission. So the application is in. Let's see if I get it. Um, but I, I would say it, it's not been as hard as I imagined. 
but I know the next few stages of my plan, especially when we launch and do a launch party uh, in July, that's going to really require liaison with the council. Um, because if, if I can do it, I would like to shut down Camden High Street for the evening. So what's their response been since you've got your shutters painted already? Yeah, I, it's, people in the council, I mean, they don't often give much away. But what I have had is a lot of people who are, you know, work for the council or like people that are helping people around Camden Town come up to me and say, we really like this. Not necessarily the people that I've actually been dealing with. Um, you know, the people in planning or anything haven't actually said anything. Um, but it's it's the local, it's the local heroes, as I call them. You know, the guys that are actually on the street helping out, they've come up to me and said, this is good. It looks amazing. It changes the feel of the place. And it motivates people for what is, I think, the new Camden Town. And what are the next stages up to your launch party in July 2021? So at the minute, the focus is uh, painting the shutters. I set myself to the end of lockdown for all of the shutters on the high street, um, purely because it's an opportunity whilst they're shut to get them painted. I think we'll get that done. Maybe one or two will have to be painted outside of it. And then the interest has gone crazy. So we've developed this thing called the Rolling Collection, which is working with um, charities. Uh, it's going to work with uh, community arts projects to build up. And uh, we've got 30 pieces and we split it up 10, 10, 10. 10 are going to big name artists. 10 are going to up and coming artists and 10 are going to community interest projects and charities. And what we are going to do is in locations such as Camden Market, on listed buildings, um, on walls and on the shutters and on the shop fronts that don't have shutters, there's going to be big planks of wood ranging from six foot by four foot um, that are going to be just, uh, to eight foot by eight foot, which are going to be displayed on there. So in the market, they'll be mounted on the wall um and they're going to roll they're going to change location so they'll go around each location but the plan is once we launch um to auction these pieces off with the money going to local businesses and charities um and also helping towards covering the initial cost of starting the gallery where did you get your inspiration from for doing all these following stages uh there's no specific place where i get where I've got all the inspiration from. I kind of work with like, I set, I'm here. I set myself a, a point that where I'm at and I set myself, myself a point at where I want to be. And then from there, I kind of just go back. How is the best way to get to point, the point where I want to be? Well, how do I get to that event? And so for the event, event it's very tricky. You need permission, you need risk assessments. You need to provide evidence that there's value for the community. So that's where this rolling collection came in is it gives me a charity initiative fundraising. Um, it's community interest project. Um, and it also gives me a tangible asset to the artwork when I'm putting it on a shutter, I have the rights to use the image, but I'm not going to take off the shutter and sell the shutter. That would be a bad decision. Um, unless Banksy did it or something, but um, with the wood. I've actually got something I can sell. Um, I can, I've got an original piece of art. And once I build that platform, which the event will do, I can sell that for X amount. And um, yeah, 
that's how I got the inspiration for it. It's just working step by step. So how do you find your artists to make these commissioned pieces and the artists that I saw painting the, uh, the shutter? So I think when you were coming down painting the shutter, they are all local boys. Uh, they are Camden locals. So for that one, that was a no-brainer. I walked around. Um, most artists tagged their work and then just hit them up on Instagram. They were like, look, I would love to do that. It's Brilliant idea. Let's go for it. From there, I, I, I used a couple mates that I had. Um, well, the first one was a mate um, and a couple others. And then a guy in Tottenham called Billy, who owns a paint shop. It's one of our partners. He has pretty much provided me with the rest of the artists. He's been pushing me. He loves the idea. He is, you know, he likes the community angle. And he's been pushing me and he's putting, putting it on his Instagram and he's got all these people coming in the shops and he goes, look, go check it out. Um, and I can't thank him enough for that. And who is that? It's Billy, a guy in Tottenham. He owns a shop called VIP Graffiti Paint. Um, but he runs it. It's, it's kind of like a, it's like a local hotspot for the, the street art community, the graph community. Uh, he's got kids in there on a Saturday you know, learning how to paint. He's really in the in the world, but he's just, um, he's got the connections. And I went in, I said, look, this is what I'm doing. Any help would be massively appreciated. Um, and if you can get me some artists, because that was what I needed, I will buy all the paint from your shop. And it's best decision I made. So it sounds like the project is beginning to get huge momentum. When did that really start? Oh, <clears throat> the... When I realised that, when I realised that it's really got momentum is uh, the other week, I'd had a busy week and it was a mate's birthday. So I took the night off and I turned my phone off and then I woke up a little bit hungover on a Saturday morning and um, I had 42 messages, about 15 missed calls and about 150 Instagram notifications. And that's when I knew that like, whatever I'm doing people want it and it's just it's going and then and then from that point onwards the newspapers started getting in touch um and yeah it just it started going crazy um once once I think I think once the graffiti art scene started to to get wind of it um that's when it really starts to take off like I'm starting to get the bigger names coming to actually ask me if they can put their work in there um, because they love what we're doing, which is amazing. Like, I'm humbled by it. Um, uh, so, yeah, we've got a few exciting names coming. Uh, not confirmed yet, but hopefully we'll get a few. So how do you use social media to complement your momentum that you've got right now? <sighs> so I'm, uh, I'm different to most people my age. I absolutely hate social media. I think it's one of the biggest, uh, you know, when I go out and sit down, it's the first thing people do. It drives me nuts. Um, so I'm not the biggest Instagram supporter, but I can see how essential it is for a business like this. So I just, I've developed a little strategy. I've got the content and I've got like a post schedule. So each week I'll work out what pieces are going to be posted. Um, one will get a video, one will get a bit more of a promotion, maybe an advert. And then one will just be a post uh, and it varies on which one. If I've got a bigger name artist doing one, then 
And I've just tried testing that strategy, like different days. What days do I do the advert or when do I promote the, the post or something like that uh, to see which works and which doesn't. I mean, it, it is it is a science, social media. And as soon as I'm able to, I will offload that. But at the time being, I'm just sticking to that formula of three posts a week, you know, one post in the morning before I release the piece to get a little bit of hype going up, you know, people wanting more maybe like an Instagram story halfway through the day. And then at 6pm, we reveal the piece. And off the back of that, we deal with all the requests and the messages. And there'll be, usually there's a story behind each piece, um, writing the copy. That's why we, we run a delay is because I've got to write the copy, get the website ready. Um, so that's how we work. What platform do you normally use? It's definitely Instagram. Um, Instagram is the main one uh i think you know art and photos like it's it's this kind of what instagram was built for um obviously there's a bit of facebook um facebook's been really good for actually getting artists and getting known in a bit more of a uh how do i put it a bit more of like local artists scene so like i'll put it up in the camden town notice board we're looking for artists it gets people locally more in known that's what Facebook's good for is like targeting your demographic. Whereas Instagram is, um, you know, it's a bit more of a showcase. It's kind of like, it's probably more important than the website at this stage. Um, 100% like it's got to look good. It's got to have engaging posts. Whereas the website has a lot more photos on it. But, you know, if you look at my statistics, it's just not getting the, the hits as Camden Open Air Gallery's Instagram page. So, you know, building a business from scratch takes time and sometimes very lonely. How do you keep yourself motivated to keep pushing forward? Oh, that's a good question. Um, at the moment, I am I, I'm running on adrenaline. I love it. Like, I, was, I was made, <laughs> you know, I'm out on the street. It's, it's all I've ever known I could be good at, if you know what I mean. I put it in a weird way. It's kind of like starting to realise your potential um which is uh which is which is is humbling and also quite scary you're like okay I'm good at this I'm not good at that you know um so how I stay motivated at the moment is I just want it I I that's and I know that will change I'll go I'm in the initial stages I'm starting out so it's exciting it's fun I've just quit my job you know I didn't enjoy my job it was very boring uh um so that is what motivates me and I think once I get past that initial stage maybe the 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 hunger that i've got now might subside a bit and then we're gonna have to find out ways to stay motivated so what's your big why finn why i it's a good question um i don't know i want to i want to i want to leave a i want to leave something behind when i'm gone but i want to do something that actively you know changes something whatever it may be Say if I, if I can work out a way to do something better than somebody else and be not in the sense that I want to be rich, I want to be, I just want to leave a mark. Uh, I want to do something that people go, all right, that's what he did. You know, I want to be good at that one thing. And is this something that you think will be the thing you leave behind? Let's see. I don't know. Um, as I said, like I have, I, I have ideas all the time, and I don't know. Uh, it could be, 
It could be. Uh, so the plan is, if it goes well, if this platform proves to work in Camden, we'll start expanding. So, you know, it won't just be Camden Open Air Gallery. It'll be Open Air Gallery dash Camden, and you can grow from there. That's our future growth strategy is to expand into Shoreditch and then into maybe Manchester, uh, start with the UK, and then you could quite easily go to different countries, and it's all in an app. Yeah. What does the future look like? Hopefully bright, um, but who knows? Who knows? That's a tricky question, especially coming out of lockdown. We could very easily go back into lockdown, which I think would play into my hands, really. But, um, yeah, either way, it's it's a tricky one. I've got I've got a weird period over the next sit until July where I don't want to make too much noise and get people wanting something I can't give them yet. <clears throat> so I've been trying to I've done a few press interviews, but I want to stay quiet uh, until that launch because it won't be ready. You know, if I go and do the press and everyone's like, oh, he's lighting it up. But when is he lighting up? I can't light up until I have planning permission. The application is in the process. So uh, I've got to wait, firstly. Um, and secondly, it's not finished yet. We've got to build the build the, the, the collection to a point where it is actually not just, you know, 20, 22 shutters. So how can people find out more about what you're doing, Finn? Instagram's the main one. If you want to stay up to date on a day-to-day basis, there's always something. At, and our Instagram handle is at Camden OAG. But then for more detailed info about the pieces and our map, which, you know, will be a centerpiece as we move forward, uh, go to the website, www.camdenopenairgallery.com. And then just keep your eyes peeled. We'll be popping up pieces all over Camden. And that ends our podcast today. Thank you so much for being with us, Finn. Thank you very much, Michael. It's been a pleasure. Today's show has been sponsored by www.teameasycrane.co.uk. We help you build your business and grow recurring profits. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Thank you.